you know, you've got Branagh himself doing Frenchy French. Oh God, he's so well Belgy. He's Belgian. Whatever. Is there a difference? <laughs> There's a difference. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. So you lie to yourself to be happy. There's nothing wrong with that. We all do it. We all go a little mad sometimes. Come on, one of you nuts has got any guts? Let's put a smile on that face. You're only as healthy as you feel. Listen to me! Listen to you by what right? Because I have a right to be. Uh, I have a voice! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Pop Culture Case Study. Yeah, let's do it. I'm pumped. Let the healing begin. Welcome to Pop Culture Case Study, where we analyze pop culture from a psychological angle, a part of the following films network. So, this week we are t- taking a look at Murder on the Orient Express, after looking at the, I guess, not the original, but the older version from 1974 earlier. And to do that, we have... A member of following films, we have Hyro from the True Romance Podcast. Thanks for being here. I'd like to be introduced from now on as Hyro from Marcus Played. How about that? <laughs> uh, the what? Is that a thing? You know what, what it is. Speaking of that, why don't you tell us about your new podcast, Marcus Played? Well, Marcus Played is a conglomerate of podcasters, really dedicated and, and very punctual podcasters that like to record and push out uh, episodes that are basically talking about the podcast conversation about film so it's a podcast about podcasts and it's really just a segue for us to you know talk about the big conversation points that uh, surround film and film twitter or that sort of thing yeah and if you want to listen to the best episode uh, of that show you should check out the episode on the snowman that hyro and i did together because that is clearly the pinnacle of what we've done so Absolutely. far we are here to talk about murder on the orient express so i think this will be interesting because before last week, I had never read or seen this, so I didn't know the ending, although there are people out there who think, like, everyone knows the ending to Murder on the Orient Express. What about you? Had you had any kind of exposure to this story before? I know of Ag- Agatha Christie, and I know of the story. I, I mean, I think the title, Murder on the Orient Express, is, right. is pretty big in our lexicon. But aside from that, nothing. No clue about what it was. I saw the trailer maybe once in front of a film that I was going to see. And there's Johnny Depp, uh, and right there, I was just kind of horrified. But I right. had no clue walking into this film, and I'm, I'm really glad I did. And that, that brings us to a positive I have of the film. I'm just going to give away this little <laughs> spoiler that Johnny Depp dies within the first half hour of this movie, which is fucking great. Because, um, one, because Johnny Depp just seems like a bad person, and I don't want good things for him. But also because his portrayal in this movie is one of the weakest spots for me after watching the 1974 version because there's there's an air of mystery about kind of who this guy is and how bad he is uh but in this he plays it like i mean if you told a bad actor hey could you do a gangster accent like this is the portrayal you would get like it's so on the nose it's so over the top it was like honestly hard for me to watch luckily i knew he was dying soon but if i wasn't i would have wanted it to happen sooner rather than later yeah, that character was definitely carved out of James Cagney. It's like a caricature of James Cagney, basically. It's almost getting towards a human aspect of Johnny Depp. It's almost right. there, but not quite. You know, it's it's Robo Cagney, and it was, right. you know, just like all of his other stuff. It's off-putting, but at least it's not as off-putting. Um, so it's it's a really hard thing to recreate a story like this because you need you need strong performances kind of across all these characters because they're all important to the story given the way the story ends. And the 1974 version definitely does that. Do you feel like this one does it or or are there some weak spots for you? Well, I think all the actors are, are, are good. I mean, we've got a great cast here. 
you know, you've got Braddock himself doing Frenchy. Oh, French. gosh. He's so, well, Belgy. He's Belgian. Whatever. Is there a <laughs> There's difference? There's a difference. I'm an there American. Is. It's and Veterans Day. I, I, <laughs> I and I thought he was really good, though. Like, I, I really liked his performance a lot. But yeah, he's he, a great actor. What do you expect? Yeah, he wasn't uh, over the top. He wasn't doing his best Pink Panther or nothing like that. I mean, I It would have been was, really easy to do that, too, right. with that accent. And, Absolutely. You know, the mustache. His, like, OCD tendency. Oh, God, the mustache. <laughs> it's out of control, but great. But uh, to answer your question, I think that they're they're good. I mean, every actor in their small role is mm. doing a serviceable job. They're doing what they do, right? But right. I think that when you get these big characters, like, I mean, big actors like this, you want to see more of them. But I felt like the weak spot to me was Daisy Ridley. Like, she really stood out yeah. with all these other actors. Like, I mean, you got Shell Pfeiffer, Judy Tench, Kenneth Branagh. Like, these are... And a lot of Daisy Ridley's scenes were with Kenneth Branagh, and he's, like, just acting circles around her. Like, which kind of works for the movie because he's supposed to be the smartest person in the room. But, like, man, and he she was... telling and, you. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, definitely. Uh, and she wasn't bad, but it definitely stood out as, like, uh... There are better, I think there are better choices than Daisy Ridley in this movie. Like, I'm glad to see her get other opportunities outside of Star Wars. That's kind of cool. But a period piece like this is probably just not good for her. Yeah, it's not her strong suit. I mean, she still has, she's very young. She still has time Mm -hmm. to develop. Oh, definitely. uh, I'm sure she will. I think she's got, but she's wrapped up in the Star Wars universe for, God, the foreseeable future because they're going to be churning out these movies right and left. Um, she's going to retire at 25, a billionaire. She'll yeah, be fine. so be it. But to me, the one glaring weak spot in this for me is Brunna's direction. I feel like if he had been the star and they had someone else come in and direct, it probably would have been much better. Um, there are some there are some really great kind of establishing shots of like of the city in the very beginning and of kind of the the train going through the snow and getting snuck. That all stuff that stuff all really works. But he insists on doing these weird camera shots where you see people through reflections and you see three versions of them. And he does it over and over and over again. And I was like, I get it. Not everyone is who they seem. Like, please stop. Like, hold yeah, back a little bit. Yeah, I couldn't bit. help but notice that. I mean, typically, the, the director, you want to either admire him or not notice that he's there. And you right. can't help but, like, there's angles from below where they're kind of talking oh, that, above the, the, the camera. Yeah, the sky in the sky, the, like, the yeah. blimps eye view, like, for no reason when the murder first happens. And it just stays with it. For almost that entire scene, and it's, like, uncomfortable to watch, and you're just like, why are we doing this? There's yeah. no reason. Yeah, he's very – it's very noticeable. You see it. The music musical cues are very noticeable. It's so, yes. like, Harry Potter-ish or so bombastic. Mm-hmm. Every time – it's the musical equivalent of him twirling his mustache. It's just bum, bum, bum. You know, it's yes. that sort of thing. <laughs> and – yeah, I think he does get a little bit in the way here. The, some of the stuff I do like is as they're introducing the characters, they're helping that kind of weird mystery, that clue sort of feeling of who done it, along by having the camera sweep over the characters and kind of around them yes. and through them. So the best moment of his direction is given away in the trailer for this movie, which yeah. is what they've used to kind of puff this up. Is this, and it is a great moment in the film where it's – and, and when you have a – a movie that's based on a play or a novel like this, you have so many characters that you have to introduce, and this does a good job of showing us all them and showing us kind of subtly actually why they're important and how they're related to one another, especially watching it as I did, kind of knowing all the connections. It was cool to kind of see those little subtleties that I didn't have to put together this time around. 
Yeah. So without going into spoilers, were you surprised by the ending? Did it work for you or was it like, uh, did it annoy you in any way? No, I like the ending. I, I was, I was surprised by it I, I, uh, to a degree. I mm-hmm. think that, and I liked it. I mean, I, I, I thought it was a fun ending. I thought it was uh it was a cool reveal. I'm glad I didn't know it. Uh, I will say, as he's explaining the ending, there are some backgrounds that he kind of jumps in to explain that haven't really been earned at any point mm. throughout the movie. Um, I'm not going to tell who we're talking about, but right. there's four or five characters that are integral to this plot that have a background that he just espouses. You know, he just shoots it out there without the discovery that like for some of them you see the discovery throughout the film and there's clues right. and it drops to it whatever whatever but at the end there's four more i gotta add bro and let me just spit them <laughs> by the to way you. <laughs> yeah okay so that's interesting because there are there's a couple things that i i wonder if i would have liked about the movie but i didn't because i had seen these older versions so in the older version the whole the whole case that gets brought up, you know, that's obviously inspired by the Lindbergh baby, is brought up in the very beginning of the film. And we kind of have all this background. Whereas in this version, we get little pieces sprinkled throughout. I actually prefer the one where we kind of have this background so then we are there with these characters. Like we we understand right. as things start to come together what's happening there. The other thing is what they you do. You get like the glue do... or the flypaper for them to kind of stick to is right. the, the way I, I kind of saw it as. Yeah, exactly. And then we have the very beginning of this film, which is weirdly like a James Bond movie. Like, they have this kind of setup where you have this greatest detective in the world, but we have to show you he's the greatest detective. So we have this little five-minute scene that shows, like, how smart he is. And I found myself wondering, from your perspective, like, how did that work? Because for me, I was just like, okay, I already know Poirot is the greatest detective in the world. You could just tell us that. I I don't need all this expository introduction. But what about you? How did, how did you react to that initial scene? They could have done it more like uh, like Kaiser Sozi or something like that, where every time you bring up person X, like Poirot, the reaction to the public is right. is enough to reinforce how great this character is. They could have just done it like that. I definitely didn't need any of that stuff. All of right. that could have been cut. Um, oh, actually, that brings up a problem I had with this movie is they couldn't decide if Poirot was world famous or not. Like there were a lot there were a bunch of characters who, who saw him and were immediately like, oh, my God, it's you. And then you have these other characters who who walk in similar circles who were like, who are you again? Yeah. I, don't, I don't recognize yeah. you. And I was like, you need to pick one. You yeah. need to have him prove himself or you need to have him so well known that like, you know, Sherlock Holmes showed up. You know, in in the hat and the pipe and all that, that you would know him immediately. Like you need, and it felt like the movie didn't want to pick one. They wanted to decide. Like it's like the <laughs> this is another weird uh, comparison. It's like the Garfield thing where they asked Jim Davis, author of Garfield, can John understand Garfield? And he said, well, if it's funny, he can. And if it and if, and if it's if it makes it funny, it's going to change whether he can or can't. And it's the same thing here. If it makes it fun or it makes it entertaining, if they do recognize him or they don't, then we're going to kind of change it. And I was like, I wish they would have just stuck with one. Yeah. But they just couldn't decide. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm with you there, man. There's or at the very least, every time they mention his name, they should know. Hey, this guy's right. been because we're talking about like the 1930s, so newspaper and print would be the mm-hmm. main medium. So the second you see his name, you should know. Oh, this is that dude. This is right. you know whatever Sherlock Holmes. Right, and the movie also not to go into the real ending of the movie. The movie ends with kind of a setup for a. I guess Poirot's cinematic universe where he's off to another case. How did you feel uh, about that? Do you feel like this movie is 
good enough, exciting enough to to spawn more movies? Or do you feel like that was just like their way of having an out just in case this does well? Oh, no. Thor is going to beat it down this week again. So there's no <laughs> bad way. Bad timing, man. Yeah, bad timing. So I don't think it's going to ha- have the audience. I don't even see how this would connect to an audience uh, here in, in the States. You know, we had right. Sherlock Holmes talking about him again, and that merited a sequel. It, it made some money, but that's it. I mean, we're done with it because I, I don't know if if uh, if the general public is still in for this type of throwback film. This is a, a very dated sort of concept. Yeah, I think that's a good point because I do think this is a good, a good movie. I don't think it's great, but I think it's enjoyable. It's like a nice way to spend a couple hours, but I don't think this is going to like grab the public and be like, oh, my God, we need more Agatha Christie movies out there. That's really what we've been missing. Like it does feel like it's for especially like I think older audiences will really love this because they could probably remember the 1974 version and they have a connection to this stuff. But like I can't imagine a bunch of like 15 year olds being like, I can't wait for the next Kenneth Branagh Poirot movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, because those two names, while they're big and maybe our circles, you know, they're not going to be huge in the general public. Right. So the last thing before we talk a little bit about spoilers, there's a you know, you mentioned the scene at the end where he kind of puts everything together. Um, It's really interesting because in the 1974 version, that all happens on board the train. Um, and it's like basically a 20 minute monologue, right? I mean, he just goes and goes and goes and I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not saying like 20 minutes, like it's actually two minutes, but it feels like 20, like it's an actual 20 minutes of build time. Whereas this is a lot more back and forth and they take it outside in this weird, like last supper, like set up at this big long yeah, table. Right. And it, to me, it kind of, and maybe just cause I've seen the old version, it felt like, well, we can get off the train now. We have the money to do it. So, so let's actually show this kind of outside world. And I was wondering you now knowing that, that the original happens on board the train, would you have rather have it? happen in this in this space where everyone is stuck together or have this kind of outside world different shot uh set up i i think for me it really doesn't matter i think it's just kind of weird to have them outside it just looks weird the the, the long table and it yeah. sort of takes you out of it where you've been in that in that space for so long um the immediately to my head is like who set this up like, did we right. set up a, a dining room table? Like, do we have the napkins and all this shit? I mean, who commands something like this? Who sets this up? Like, okay, everybody, we're going to set up the long tables. We're going to have uh, pinkies in the air. We'll start from the right. forks on the outside, all that sort of thing. Like, what's going on here? Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's a good movie. I think it's fun, especially if you like a good mystery, if you like whodunits like that. It's a good one to see, but not something that uh that i feel like oh my god it's one of the best of the year you got to check this out but i but i do think that both brana and pfeiffer make this movie worth it pfeiffer really you're hanging your head on pfeiffer oh yeah she's great i i think and she's and it's perfect casting like it's especially after seeing after seeing mother earlier this year like she's really good she's good that, yeah. that kind of catty character you know it's so she and you can tell she's having a good time and there's a particular scene with johnny depp where she just stares him down where it did feel a little bit like uh, you're just you're not even talking to that character. You're just talking to Johnny Depp. Like you're just like yeah. reading him the riot act, and it is a great time. Like I, that's one of my favorite moments of the movie where she really holds her own against that villain. I think that really works. Yeah, definitely could have used a lot more of her. I, I will say, when, yeah. I, before we go to spoilers, is my biggest gripe of this film is there's just a little too much setup. I think mm. uh, it takes about forty minutes, and I checked my my watch, and it was forty minutes before we even started 
discussing murder. So yep. and what they're doing for setup doesn't really um have any weight to the rest of the story. So we didn't really need to know those characters to, to that degree without because they don't that part of their biography doesn't matter to their the what we're going to learn about them in the future cuz it, it just none sure. of it mattered. We got this setup that just kind of goes nowhere. And I think that a little more judicious cutting or script writing or whatever in the beginning, right. compress that down to like 15, 20 minutes of whatever. And this would have been a lot more enjoyable because once they do get to the who done it aspect of it, then I, I started really having a good time. I struggled during the first 40 minutes, but after that I was all in. I, was, I had a good time. Nice. All right. So let's go to spoilers. Spoilers. What? Read ahead. Spoil all the surprises. Not peeking at the end. Isn't traveling with you one big spoiler. That's classified. It's what? It's classified. I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. So basically, the end of this movie is like the killer is everyone, right? I mean, like everyone right. is everybody's a killer. <laughs> right? So I think this is this is always going to be a hard sell. Uh, where you have this many people keeping a secret and this many people involved. So was there a moment for you in watching this movie where the ending comes up and you're like, really, everyone on this train is a killer? Like, did, did Or did it all – did Agatha Christie create this mystery that all worked together and the, the pieces fit well enough? No, I think it all worked, man. I think, I think the movie is cartoonish enough that you buy the Scooby-Doo reveal, you know, the, you, you're okay with it because the movie isn't real serious. It's not, it's very mustache twirling. It's very sort of comical, you know, but not too comical that just, that it's gone off the rails. But I think it has enough levity within the film that you buy this outlandish sort of crew that's doing this, that this Ocean's Eleven of killers or revenge killers or whatever. Right. And I feel like the, I feel like Kenneth Branagh carried off the ending very well because in the beginning of the movie kind of talks about like he's very black and white. Like there's good and there's bad and there's nothing in between. And if you he has this line about if you kill someone, you have a fracture of the soul. Like it's just like there is no going back from this. And I liked that he carried off that rage that everyone felt about the death of this child, uh, that it made it acceptable for him on some level. I didn't. I would have liked to have seen maybe why that kid got killed. I don't. I didn't understand the concept of why Johnny Depp's character. I forget what his real name was. Whatever, Chichi Rodriguez. Why did he some kill Italian that baby? name? Of yeah, course, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Why did he kill the kid? Like, what was his deal? What was his bag? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I just feel like it's it's set up in this way that the kid was probably stolen for some kind of ransom, and something went wrong, and the and the kid, and he ended up killing the kid, or he's just horribly evil and he kills children. Uh, but I think it's an interesting look at how like one death can just span outwards and affect so many people. You, know, you talk about people committing suicide because they were accused of it, and you know people you know drinking themselves into a stupor because they felt responsible for the for the child and everything else. And I, and I felt like. I felt like they, they painted themselves at a corner in a little bit with a character like Poirot having such a worldview that it's just like it's either this or this. And then when all of this happens and me knowing that he's going to have to let them all go, I'm like, wow, how are they going to carry this off? But I think when you have an actor as good as Brana in that role, I mean, I think he's good throughout. I think he's good when he's being snarky, like when he's you know telling Johnny Depp, it's like, no, it's actually more personal than that. I just don't like your face. Like, I think that stuff yeah. all really works. And so does like kind of the humanity of the character as the story wraps up you can see i guess 
going back to his direction a little bit, you see that he's trying to convey how stressful this is on him by yeah. his hair suddenly becoming mussy. You know, oh, it's yeah, just at the all end. mussed up, gotta, whatever. Like, not the mustache, though. Oh, there it is. Be perfect. <laughs> Once you jack up his hair, you know shit's gotten real. You know, oh, my God, he's under a lot of stress. And I guess that's the, the, the kicker for his character arc. I guess that's the cue for the audience. He's really struggling. He is not in this world of perfection because the whole time you see him – you know, judging the eggs and doing all this stuff. He's ultra, ultra perfectionist. But once he's he's kind of disheveled and you you see that, that's that's our visual cue to he's mm-hmm. struggling with this internal kind of conflict that revolves around his worldview. And uh right. I guess that's enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean I think it is enough. I think it I think it works well enough. I don't think this is a movie that's trying to be like world changing. I think I think given what we know about the character going in, which is tough because this is this is not Poirot's beginning as far as Agatha Christie's stories. Like this is actually, I think, relative either in the middle or relatively near the end because he's done so well for himself as a detective that he's essentially like he could take whatever cases he wants and kind of he's going on vacation. So like, you know, I, I feel like as an audience, we are missing a little bit of his history which i think is why that opening that neither of us really engaged in i think that's why that was there to give us that background about his character and i think it works as a character arc like just well enough like it's really close Mm -hmm. to being silly uh but i i think i think when you have to have a great actor in this role and if you don't like if you cast someone else other than brana in this role like this could be a really really rough watch yeah and going back to the that, that thing with the the opening sequence, it was such a lame thing. He solved the mystery by one crack or something. It was just fucking dumb. I, I didn't, I didn't buy in at all. Like this doesn't make him this great detective. Yeah. It just, you know, it, yeah, it made me wish like if you're going to have that beginning to have a couple more clues. Cause like that literally could have been anyone that had boots. I guess, like, yeah, like, like it'll make hard sold, hard sold shoes over there in Israel or wherever he was. Like, is that uh, a faux pas? In, yeah, in I mean, I, I, if it's me, I cut out that entire sequence. But if you're going to keep it in, it's got to really, really work. And it, it comes close, and it just never quite reaches it. Yeah, they should have just cut it. I, I agree, cut it out and start with them kind of showing up to the train, and everybody discovering, oh look, it's Poirot, blah 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 blah, and that's it. Right. I mean, as long yeah. as, the, as long as the other characters react in that way towards him, I'm good with it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, so before you go, one more time, why don't you tell people how they can contact you online and listen to your show? Well, uh, so we talked about Marcus Played, so I'll talk about True Bromance this time. So True Bromance cast on Twitter. That's true without the E. You can find us there. Um, on that podcast, it's just me and Barry yammering at each other and talking about movies drunkenly. It's kind of like if you like um, fights in a pool, a kiddie pool full of jello, and everybody's really drunk. That's the approach we, we give to film criticism there. So if you, you're interested in that, you know, give us a look and Google up uh, the old Trooper Men's Film Podcast. He, he just recently discovered the word why. Oh, no. You say a single the thing nightmare. to him. Oh. oh, God. The worst word a child can... It's like no and why are the two worst words yeah. kids could ever discover. Yeah, he doesn't do no at all, but he does a lot of why.